0: You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue.
1: Hello, Michael. Andre, I was just looking at my dog. Why were you looking at your dog? Because the dog is doing stupid things as dogs do. Okay. She ate the treat last night, and I was like, oh, she ate the treat. And lo and behold, it's in the middle of the living room and okay, I, I, I didn't give it to her in the living room which is funny it's just a dog thing i guess so and I, her dog henry would never pass up a treat or oh, no. carry it to another room and just leave it there
0: although he did spit out a blueberry last week which was
1: strange because he usually likes blueberries maybe you know what i'll tell you something if the dog doesn't eat it i would recommend you not eat it either
0: yeah that's a good call that's a good call
1: yeah. um so let, let's let's dive you story my father but let's do that another time
0: yeah let, let's let's dive straight into the the topic at hand um I, and i guess first off the disclaimer we are not being paid to do this podcast we're doing this because the the pitch came across both of our our inbox and we thought it was something interesting to talk about but michael do you like caesars
1: you know what uh it has been a long but no you know what? i was gonna say it's been a long time since i had a caesar but i think i had one last month at a at a restaurant here in St. Catharines and my God, all I wanted was the Caesar and I got a lunch.
0: Yes. Yes. That's definitely a huge trend in the cocktail world right now is that the more ornate and crazy the Caesars get, like I think there's some places in Canada where you can get an entire barbecued chicken or fried chicken as a quote unquote garnish for your Caesar.
1: Well, this one had, uh, there was shrimp, and there was olives, and there was meats, and there was cheeses. And, and I'm like, can I just get a Caesar?
0: No, but well, that, that that just defeats the, the purpose. But, I mean, we're recording this today no, I just, on, on... I just like
1: a good Caesar.
0: We're, we're recording this on May 17th today, and it is uh, Caesar Day on the 19th.
1: Oh, cool.
0: <laughs> and as a result, we're joined by Catherine uh, Valigna.
1: Did I get that right, Catherine?
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. Catherine Velinga, yes.
1: Valinga, okay, I screwed
2: it's
0: up the G.
1: Andre, you don't usually get names right. Uh, and uh, Andrei, she.
2: Andre, you should you should hear my maiden name. It's it's Katerina Koscharna Valinga. So you you've got the easy part. You've got the Vali- Catherine Velinga. That's the that's the easier one.
0: Uh, those those Eastern European names aren't so so bad. I'm I'm married to a, a Polish woman whose last name is Vernikievich. So. <laughs> Uh, But you are the CEO and co-founder of Zirkova.
2: That's right.
1: And what makes Zirkova special? I think that's the first thing we should, uh, because, you know, vodka is vodka as far as a lot of people are concerned. Uh, And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Grey Goose is one of those, you know, ones that people love. But Zirkova's got a special story behind it. And especially now, I think it's even more special. So why don't we, uh, why don't we, uh, kick that off
2: Okay, well, um, don't break my heart there when you say vodka is vodka, but I, I understand that You know a lot of people think that and um, So I'm Ukrainian Canadian. I'm first generation. I was born here in Canada, but 25 years ago I moved to Ukraine with my husband John and we understood very quickly that vodka was not vodka and in fact that there was a big story, there was a big mystery around the origins of vodka, and here we were living and experiencing a vodka culture, a vodka, a country that that you know has tremendous wheat grain, th- this beautiful black earth and agriculture, and and that knows more about vodka than than anything that we'd ever experienced. So we really felt. Um, like we had discovered something special. And, um, and, and with Zurkova, what, what I'm really proud of is that there's very few people that have ventured into you know, the, the origins and birthplace of vodka itself, figured out the mystery that X marks the spot of where it all began, and then worked with these master distillers and extraordinary folks over there to bring true vodka and the, the 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 extraordinary spirit that it is um, to Canada, and and that's really our story. Is we, you know, we we discovered that vodka began six hundred years ago. That it was during the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. So there you go. Your your wife would be very proud. She's part of the story, <laughs> and that they speak about this place called Cherkaska, which is in modern day Ukraine, and that's where we distill and we'll, that's where we produced. Sirkova Vodka. So that's our contribution to the world of vodka is the, the truth, the authenticity, the X marks the spot. And and certainly the quality of it is absolutely second to none. I mean, it's just amazing.
0: So I, I know with vodka, there's a few things that it can be made of and still be allowed to call vodka. And I think most famously... Uh, People think that most vodkas are made with potatoes even though that is not generally the case on the market right now. What is your made with?
2: Yeah, so so technically when you go to the the true vodka, you know, the, the the origins that in Eastern Europe, uh the only two things that vodka is allowed to be made out of is either grain, meaning, you know, wheat, rye or 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 potatoes. And and so um we make sirkova vodka out of winter wheat with a little bit of rye oh.
1: so I think that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the hard question here Andre I think and how is it making vodka now in the Ukraine
2: well um certainly with um you know all of us were um just horrified when when Ukraine was invaded, and very quickly in speaking with all of our uh, people and 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 contacts in Ukraine, um, they gave us you know the lay of the land, told us exactly what was happening, of course, and uh, we. It, it's been very difficult. I mean, I mean, the first thing that happened was martial law was declared, so. You have um, the entire, you know, you couldn't produce, um, distribute, or sell any alcohol of any kind, and that was the right decision because, um, you know, of course, the country needs to focus and 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 defend itself, and um, so so that's been very difficult, and for us, um, we decided within a couple of hours of the invasion to donate 100% of our profits on every bottle sold at the LCBO to the Ukrainian Humanitarian Appeal to, um, uh, it's a, it's called the Canada Ukraine Foundation. And that's really what we've been doing is focusing on how can we help Ukraine? How can we take, um, you know, what can we do to make a difference? So we're doing a lot in terms of fundraising, in terms of, you know, community work, in terms of, you know, helping the people that that you know our family and our community and you know for 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 every bottle of zirkova you guys like it's the entire supply chain is all over ukraine you know it's very much a a united supply chain so we know every producer of the cases and the bottles and the the closures and the you know the, the the screen printer and it's from east to west north to south so you know, everybody's been affected and and it's it's just been heartbreaking. So
1: well I, I, I'm really glad to hear that you're you're donating your profits. I think that's fantastic. The bottles look great I and mean, then you make two kinds of of vodka. Um, tell us what the difference is between the two. and then I'm gonna let Andre speak because uh, he's interested in vodka
2: too, from what I understand. Well, okay. so first of all, full disclosure, I'm a vodka girl (laughs) and being Ukrainian-Canadian, the Ukrainian in me loves to drink vodka straight. That is how we typically drink in Ukraine, whether it's, you know, a chilled shot, whether it's um, just sipping vodka on the rocks. Of course, you can extend that into, you know, a classic martini, which I love, vodka soda, anything that spirits forward. We created Sirkova One. And it was really about having that extraordinary um, complex, nuanced experience for the sipper. Um, but then the Canadian in me loves my Caesars, loves my mixed drinks, loves the cosmos and the cocktails. And you know, um the, the beautiful thing about vodka is it's almost like a blank, you know, it's like you get to be your own mixologist, you get to create out of what flavors and 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 cocktails you like so together was really about honoring the people that love to mix with vodka and it's it's really revolutionary because what it does and what it's it, it does so well is it actually takes flavors and enhances and amplifies and makes that mix taste better and not boozier and that's that's never been done before so so imagine we did that working over two years in the birthplace of vodka with master distillers that you know had never tried a caesar had never you know that's not how they drink vodka so the, i mean what i love about our brand is it really honors all of the different ways that people enjoy vodka um but also you know it's what is extraordinary in, in what it does and then together is unreal in terms of what it does so so they're very distinct and, and really honor both the ukrainian side of me and the and the canadian side of me
0: i think i think the question i have about when you're working with master distillers and and dealing with vodka specifically like i drink a lot of, of whiskey um both scottish and, and bourbon in this house And, you know, you get a lot of your flavor that comes from the barrel. Obviously, the master distiller needs to know what they're doing. But what is the secret to working with your master distillers to get a good tasting vodka? Because I think a lot of people who have maybe done shots at pubs or bars in the city will say that they like vodka because it doesn't taste like anything. And I I think you know that's not the truth. And I certainly know that that's not the truth, being married to a Polish woman. So, yeah.
2: Well, and... and, and I love that you brought up that you know scotch whiskey and and there's so much so much nuance and complexity to it, um, but you can't actually make it better by putting it into a barrel or aging it. So so that you've got to make it right right from the beginning, and when you know with our master distiller, I mean we're talking about people that have. You know, chemical engineering degrees, double ma- masters in fermentation and vodka making. You know, PhDs. I mean, th- this the the level of knowledge and experience is unbelievable. It's like nothing that we had seen. And and both John and I are engineers. Um, so it's really the 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 best way I can describe it is it's it's an art, it's a science. It's about taking um, the spirits and and really the t- figuring out the type of spirits that you want so so um that comes down to the mat- the ingredients the grain the how it's distilled the, in ukraine we can actually take what's called the center cut spirits so we can take the the center of the center of the i mean it's literally it, it was literally for royalty it's it's incredible because they can separate out from from the middle of the From the actual spirits column and it's really about taking those spirits and then matching them with a perfect source of water and Mm. and water for vodka is like terroir for wine i mean in Mm. the old days you did not you cannot you search out the perfect spot the, the perfect deep you know in the earth artesian water source and that's where you plant your foundation that's where you make your vodka plant is on the source of that water because you cannot move it so it's it's that art of bringing together the perfect spirits the water and then of course we have you know the highest quality grains but then it, then we've got these classical methods that have been you know really disappearing and one of them is the art of filtration and and we're talking about two story high columns um, where it's a slow filtration process. It's a particular type of charcoal, birch charcoal that's fired up, and it. like it's a whole art and science to the charcoal itself, and then the filtration and and how they you know they push it up under, um, up through the, the the filtration column, and then gravity feed it through quartz sand, and that process is repeated. Honestly, you guys, I'd never seen anything like it. Never had seen anything like it in my life. But it's it's a lot slower than regular vodka making, Um, but it just makes for an extraordinary product, and and that is something that we, you know, we can't move. We can't we can't move it from Ukraine.
1: I I just, I think, and Andre is the same. Um, I I didn't know you can get a PhD in vodka making.
2: (laughs) I know. I know you guys. <laughs> Neither did I until I went to Ukraine. And and so many of the people that are the experts in the vodka industry are women because engineering was more accessible at that time. Um, it wasn't considered a... Um, it, 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 you have a lot of women in IT and engineering in Ukraine.
0: That's in, that's incredible. I mean, that, that was... That, you. That that was very visual how you described, like how vodka is made as well too and the and the intention to detail and the and the filtration I think maybe the, the the next question I have for you though is like I'm I'm familiar with your product your packaging is beautiful and I remember being part of the original like when the product first came to the market the samples came across Oops. my my desk because I was uh we Michael and I we were still writing quite a bit more for Toronto Life at the time. And I remember pulling the bottles out and thinking, okay, like this is clearly some Canadians and Ukrainian Canadians going after the gray gooses of the market. Like the packaging feels premium, but the price point is very affordable. Like I'm looking at the LCBO website right now, Uh, Zirkova One, this is the the sipping vodka comes in at $33. Um, How do you keep your prices low? And then the second part of the question, are these other ultra premium brands do you think they're worth the money?
2: Well, it, it's a, uh, it, it, do, do you know what, a, b- a big part of it, because, okay, so so the brand identity of Zirkova is be yourself, mix well with others. It's all about, you know, uniting and coming together and creating these inspiring moments that uplift us. And so, inclusivity is a big part of who we are. So, so right from the from the very first, you know, in our DNA, we have this vision of everybody is included at our table. So we actually ma- made it our mission that we have to be in that you know, thirty to forty dollar range because that that's got you know that's that's important. So everybody can afford Circova, and you're not paying twenty dollars more um, for 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 a, a luxury vodka. Um, the other piece of it is, quite frankly, we understand how um, vodka is taxed and and costed out in, in our current model, in the LCBO and, and in Ontario. And um, the more we put into the package, you guys, the more we spend on screen printing and frosting and, you know, 17 colors and windows and beautiful, like, expensive um cases you have to pay for that and and we quickly understood that so there's there was a lot of effort that went into how do we have a an extraordinary high quality product in a beautiful package that is also accessible in terms of its price point so it's something that we really cared about and you know i'm a systems design engineer um there was a a lot of criteria around it's got to be accessible. And, and we don't want to price ourselves out to the point that if you can't afford, you know, $50, then you cannot, um, enjoy Zerkova. That, that, that wasn't going to work for us. So, um, I can say that, and, and you see this from the wine world as well, right? There's always that. I know, I know you guys sit there and go, look at this bottle of wine. This bottle is, you know, it's not fifteen. It's not a hundred. But this—it's so you know—it's—it's it's a great value, and and you're paying a lot less than others. I think that's sort of the people that are connoisseurs and in the know. They don't necessarily go for the highest price; they go for the highest quality, and they they look for something that's an exceptional find. And I think that's where that you're you can appreciate what we've done with Sirkova. So, how long, first of all, have
1: you been in the market? I know you you've been a while, and then I, and then I want to get into the meat of the issue here. But how long have you been in, in Ontario?
2: So, um, the product that you have, the the CERCOVA One and Together, launched in the generalist category at the LCBO. So that means it can be sold in any LCBO. Three years ago, and ball, year it's been a fifteen. It's been a fifteen-year journey. It's been a fifteen-year journey to get to the point where we got to the sort of big leagues of vodka. Um,
1: but, but you had another one before that. You had just one vodka that was Zirkova. And, and when did that come? I guess 15 years, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we actually, initially, we had Slava Ultra Premium Vodka and we had Zirkova Vodka. And uh, um, I, and no. then we really brought the two together into one package. And, and, and Slava became Zirkova One because it was always our sipping vodka and and the one we we created for that purpose and then the zirkova original became zirkova together so we we brought them together in a more cohesive brand if that
1: makes sense it's complete sense so now the question becomes
2: aren't we smart aren't we smart it took us 15 years (laughs) it took us 15 years to bring this together
1: well, I usually, mean, vodka's well, we well,
0: vodka, vodka's like such a competitive segment of the of the market, right? Like, I'm I'm sure it's it's a lot of like figuring things out. How do you make your brand stand out? And on top of that, making sure the the quality's good. But, anyways, that's that's a diversion. We want to get to the the meat and potatoes of this, which is the mighty Caesar.
1: Correct. Mighty how Caesar. do you make your Caesar? And what ingredients do you use? Obviously, you're using Zirkova vodka, but. What do you use and put in your Caesar and what is the, are the ratios?
2: Okay. So, so it is the mighty Caesar because Canadians drink more than 400 million Caesars a year. I mean, imagine like a quarter or a third of all vodka consumed in Canada goes into Caesar. So it is our national cocktail and, um, and Canadians, if you, if you have, you know, any Canadian will tell you they do, this is the way they make a Caesar and everyone will do it in a way that's slightly different. So, but but for, I'll, I'll give you my tips and and how uh, I like to do it. Okay, obviously, use your cover together. I mean, honestly, it's designed for that purpose. Um, it will make your Caesar sing. Um, it's just extraordinary. We've We've literally done the Caesar challenge with thousands and thousands of people. Where we took, you know, the same mix and then any other vodka versus together, and you could see that they were making it boozier and, and we were making the mix better. So so we we have got you covered with circava together. Okay. Secondly, um, here are my secrets. I always I always rim the glass first, okay? And then I take another glass. This is my assembling the Caesar glass. And I fill it with a ton of ice. Guys, you need a lot of ice. If you just put in, some people just put in like three or four cubes and it just melts right away. Versus if you put in a lot of ice, the drink will stay cold and the ice doesn't melt right away and water down your Caesar. Then I'm adding, you know, one and a half ounces of Zerkova together. I'm adding four dashes of Worcester sauce. Um, I'm adding two dashes of hot sauce of your choice. If you like hot sauce, and then I'm adding about four ounces. Think of it as like two and a half times the vodka or three times, two to three, three, two and a half to three times the vodka that you put in of your favorite tomato clam cocktail. And th- this this is where there's so many choices now because you know, some people are vegan. They can't have the clam. So some people like like it more spicier, extra spicy. Some people want the clam juice with pickles. I mean, you you get to choose. And then I'm putting in a little sea salt and fresh ground black pepper. And then you, then you have, this is the fun part. You know, then you add some of your own favorite ingredients. And, you know, my husband, he adds barbecue sauce. I personally love, oh yeah, oh yeah. He puts in a little squirt of barbecue sauce. Um, I love the horseradish. In fact, I like beet horseradish. So this is where you get creative. Some people like pickled juice or pickled hot peppers. Mm. you're stirring you're stirring that and then you're taking the entire contents and you're pouring it into the glass that's already rimmed with the ice. So voila, you almost have your creating glass and then your glass that's all prepped for your perfect Caesar look. And then that's and then if you want the epic Caesar, that's where, ne- you know, now you're choosing your garnish. And this is where you can get really creative. I mean, some people like the pickled beans. Some people like the celery. And as you said, you know, you can add a slider on, on top. You can add, a you know, a cup of nasa, a pepperette, and you know some all you know,
1: Celery can, be, can use, be used as a straw. So let me see. I'm going to get some of this together now <laughs> and shake it all up. All right, here we go. Right. I just did straight. I don't use uh, I don't use hot sauce or anything. Mm. God, I love a good Caesar.
2: I know, I know.
0: So, so you don't have any 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 strong opinions about there being a right way to make a Caesar or about being a purist about what ingredients get in there. It really sounds like, in your opinion, as a as a premium vodka maker, that the creativity is part of. The, the
2: Caesar culture. You know what? I love how you put it because definitely, I mean, we are all about being yourself, being accepted, love for who you are. And in fact, you know, now that we can gather, I mean, something that I love to do is almost create like a, if you're coming to my house, okay, for and we're having Caesars or, you know, or or if you come to my house, I'll have kind of, a little bar with the Zirkovo one and the fixings for, you know, vermouth and some olives and some different kinds of olives, some stuffed with blue cheese or some with almonds or garlic or classic. And you can make the, uh, you know, classic martini the way you like, but then you'll also see on my table, like an entire, almost like a charcuterie board, a Caesar board. And you'll see, you know, all kinds of like ingredients for Caesar making. And it's like, look, some people do those paint, paint and draw nights or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I have my, you know, I have the, come on over, you know, let's gather around. Let's see what you, you know, how you make your Caesar. Let me show you how I make mine. And we're all like walking around with our, some people have the epic Caesars, so, you know, with the, the shrimp on it and stuff. Other people have their celery sticks chopping on those you know it, it's it really is whatever blows your hair back that's my view
0: oh uh, you know that's one thing that I, I do have strong opinions about is i just i really want celery to be eliminated as as an official garnish for for no Caesars. it's
1: for a great straw
0: who can you can't drink drink your caesar out of, like how do you how do you use a stick of celery like a straw michael like, like you'll have to show me that like that's i don't even i can't even wrap my head around
1: that you gotta cut both ends and it's hollow. A celery is basically hollow. You can use it as a straw. It's neat. How hard do you have to suck on the celery to get the Caesar out? Oh, you know, Andre. You know. Okay, of course, of
2: course. Michael, I'm impressed with that because I'm always like taking the celery out and, and biting into it and you know, stuff is flying. Like that's because a really, it now, really now, nice way now the of celery it.
1: takes on the taste of the Caesar. <laughs> Uh, and you
2: know how good celery is for you. Come on, they like the <laughs> celery juice is is the 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 hottest juice craze, right? I don't
0: know. I didn't I didn't realize that we were drinking Caesars for the health benefits at this point. But that could be the start of a whole new uh, a whole new craze and trend here. The the Caesar diet.
1: I I, I always thought they were they were good for you, just because it's <laughs> clam juice and you know vodka. It's got to be good for you.
0: Well, Catherine, I really appreciate you taking the time to to go over Caesar Day with us. Tell us a little bit about Zirkova Vodka. I really hope that uh, your your business does continue to survive and, and thrive once this awful conflict is, um, is over. Although it doesn't look like there's any end in sight as of today we're recording it. And uh, hopefully we can catch up maybe for Caesar Day next year to do a follow-up.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me and 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 thank you because honestly, Canadians have just been so wonderful and supportive, and we feel that support. So we really appreciate everything that people are doing at this critical time. And, uh, yeah, I hope that next year, you know we can celebrate the the first what Eurovision in Ukraine mm. that the, for for twenty twenty three they just had the big win. Last weekend, so you know Ukrainians are they—they they see Eurovision next year. That's what they're—they're they're talking about, um, and they, they're super brave. They're just super strong, and and that's we're—we're we're staying strong. We're staying strong.
1: Excellent, thank you, Kettering. Andre, um, four hundred thousand Caesars. Wow, oh, uh, I, I think say. she said four hundred million. Oh, is it million? That's even worse.
0: That's like eight (laughs) seizures per Canadian, if that's a number. Because I remember I was doing the math on here. Uh, No, really, really interesting story. Really, um, really fascinating angle. I mean, it's one of the things too, like you and I have been, um, you and I have been learning more about spirits. I think that's one thing, like people have been listening to this podcast for a while. I hope they enjoy that when Michael and I are kind of going down this, um, this spirits adventure together. It's actually one of my favorite things to talk to you about, Michael, is just because of how... Uh, completely opposed, we are in what it is we enjoy in a spirit.
1: That's very true. But you know what? Vodka is not one of those um, uh, one of those beverages that I drink straight. You know, I'll do the occasional scotch. I'll do the occasional bourbon. Um, I'll do the occasional uh, grappa, which is very rare, by the way. Um, but uh, vodka is just not something that I shoot. And uh, it was interesting that she was talking about, you know, f- freezing it down or getting it really cold and and taking a shot. I just it's it's never it's never the spirit that comes to mind when I think of taking a shot.
0: And, and see, for me, I've learned about that because my wife is is Polish. Like they usually have a bottle of vodka in the freezer on a Christmas Eve. That's part of the Christmas Eve spread for Polish people. When Anya and I went on our honeymoon, we had a chance to go to the vodka museum in Warsaw, where it was it was eye opening. And we got guided through a tasting where we um, got to understand that it's not just the clear liquid that you shoot, and how to really think about vodka as a more complex spirit. So, I mean, I've, I've I've enjoyed the Zirkova vodka that's been sent to me in the in the past, and it was fun to talk about Caesar's with that. I think one of the nice things about Caesar's as well is um, just the lack of pretension around what goes into them.
1: Yeah, you can, put, as you said, you put a little you can put a little burger on top of it if you really want to. Well, I
0: like the idea of a, a Caesar. What'd you, what'd you say? A Caesar charcuterie board.
1: Yes, that sounds kind of neat too. I guess. I guess. I just look a straight charcuterie cheese and meats, but <laughs> she seems to have more ideas of what, of what, uh, of what uh, a, a Caesar charcuterie should be.
0: Oh, well, just all. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things you can do to Caesar. But anyways, uh, I guess this is the point where we wrap because our...
1: it is made with potato. Thank you, Stephen
0: Colbert, for that one. I like that. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca and follow me on social media at Andre Wine Review. You are?
1: Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com uh, You can find me on social media as The Great Guy uh, and sometimes as Michael Pincus.
0: And uh, don't forget to check out Patreon.com slash TwoGuysTalkingWine. It's been a while since we've given the shout out to that, but we do appreciate the help from uh, our supporters who help us keep this on the air.
2: Perfect.
1: Uh, 400,000, 4 million. Lots of seeds. Tomato,
0: Okay. Did you say tomato, clamato?
1: Kind of, yeah. Okay, or take us away. Tomato. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.